0: As says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. are thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Did you just say that? Say, an expected end. Amen. He wants to give you an expected end, or he wants to give you the hope of an expectation. He wants to give you some expectation today. And does anybody feel some expectation in the house today? Some expectation that God, He wants to begin to implant into your hearts, implant into your minds even today, that God, He wants to give you an expected end. He wants to give you some expectation today. Why don't we, before we're seated, just lift up our hands one more time. And I just want to just pray that the Lord would just have His way right now. In Jesus' name, God Almighty. Lord, I pray that in this house today, right now, Lord, that you would just capture our minds, capture our thoughts, Lord, that you would allow us, Lord, to uh, be present in this place, Lord, that mentally, Lord, that we could engage with what you are trying to do. Lord, I pray that spiritually in the, uh, what is taking place right now, Lord, that anything that would come against the word of God, that it would be cast out of here, Lord, that it would have no place, no reign. in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would just have your way. Praise your name in Jesus' name. You can be seated here today. Whether you feel it or not, I'm going to say it again in faith today that there is an atmosphere of expectation that is present in this place. Amen. That there is an atmosphere of expectation and that I believe that he is a keeper of his word, and he is a keeper of his promises, and that God, he has a word for you today, and God has promises that he has spoken over your life. Amen. In book of Psalm, chapter 27, verse 14, it says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. He shall strengthen that heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The Amplified Version says it this way, wait for And confidently expect the Lord. Confidently expect the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for. And confidently expect the Lord. Amen. So with that being said here today, I want to preach from this thought for these next few moments. What to expect when you're expecting. I take it by the response that at least some of you have seen that book, read that book, used that book. Maybe you've had that book on your nightstand at some point in your life. And please excuse the expression today, but somebody here today is leaving pregnant with purpose. Pregnant with a call of God on your life. Pregnant with a word from heaven. And if it hasn't happened already, it's because God is about to conceive in some precious child of God a word, a promise, a prophecy that can only come from heaven. And I pray that you would make up your mind today that this is the day of salvation. If, that, if you haven't experienced salvation, then today is the day of salvation. You can't wait any longer. That today is the day to enter into the family of Jesus Christ. That today is the day to be filled with the Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. Somebody today ought to leave, even right now, have that expectation that God, Could fill you with the Holy Ghost if you have never experienced that before. There's somebody today who you don't have any vision for the future. That God wants to download some hope and some vision into your life. So that you can leave this place with a prophetic vision of what God wants to do in you and through you today. Amen. Well you're here today. You made it. There's no reason to leave without a blessing today. Without getting a word from God today. And so I hope that you would just hear me well here this morning. That you are here for a reason. That God, He lifted you when He filled you with His Spirit. He placed you in this time and this hour for such a time as this. And I believe that, that God has a purpose for you. That you were not put on this earth just to exist. You didn't come into the body of Christ just to take up a seat at a church. That God has a purpose for your life and perhaps you arrived this morning with some doubts, some reservations in the kingdom and whether or not you will ever see the promises of God come to pass. But I say just wait on the Lord. Wait on Him. He shall renew your strength. He will gird you up. He will give you the sustenance, the endurance to make it to the end. The Bible says that the race is not for the swift. It's not for the one who's in a hurry. But it's for those who will endure to the end. Those who have a made up mind will say, Come hell or high water, I have made up my mind. That is for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. We have all experienced the great joy of expectation and anticipation at some point in our life. We have all Received a word from God that just stirred something up in us, or if you haven't, there there is something special when God will just speak something into your life, or you read something from the Word of God and it gets you a little, it gets you very excited because God, He wants to do something in you, and maybe it was the first time that you received the Holy Spirit that you felt like you could just leap over a mountain, you felt like just running all over the place. Maybe you even did that. You had so much passion. There's had so much vitality. You just wanted to tear down the gates of hell. You wanted to charge hell with a water pistol, do everything you could just to make sure that God, He was known everywhere that you went. You wouldn't do anything for Jesus. You wouldn't go anywhere for Him. This is the kind of expectation that I would hope would be stirred up in you today. And we've all experienced some expectation before. I remember as a child during Christmas, during that time, waking up early, quickly quickly, making my way down to the living room where that Christmas tree was set up. And I was expecting a great day. I could hardly hold my excitement. Maybe you had similar experiences. You you had an expectation. An expectation because you knew that last Christmas, mom and dad came through. And this Christmas, hopefully, it's not going to be any different. You know, I gave them my list in advance. I had a reason to expect some pretty great things. And I can remember, and some of you are in this key season of life, that I can remember the dating years. I can remember the times of expectation when I would see my girlfriend, and we didn't live in the same town. Thank God we went to the same church, so we at least got to see each other till, twice, three times a week. We, we, we came to prayer meeting. We, we, we created youth prayer, uh, prayer times here at the church just so we could see each other, I think, but... Uh, we we would come from prayer meeting and it might have just been three or four of us that would gather, but we did everything we could just to see each other because I expected uh, I, there was some expectation attached to that. And so I'm telling you, there's there's not there's not much like having expectation that when I was dating her, I wanted to impress her. You want to you want to put up your best sides, put that best foot forward. You just can't wait. To see them, and she can't wait. To, I couldn't wait to hold her hand, and couldn't wait just to be in her presence. And you know, that's that's the kind of expectation that I'm talking about today, where you just can't wait. You're, you're, and, and you know, I think about our wedding day, and I can remember waiting at the aisle right here. We were the actually the first wedding that took place in this building right here, and. 2008. I can remember waiting right here at this altar with my pastor uh, by my side for my bride to make her way right down this aisle. And I can remember waiting for her to appear in that intense emotion. It, you know, it's just like time freezes for a minute. And then she finally starts making her way down the aisle. I behold her beauty and her goodness. And I'm standing there mesmerized. And I don't know, maybe maybe there's somebody that, even for yourself, you think back to a moment where you're just expecting in that place of anticipation. Mm. Maybe for you, it was what is one of the most profound seasons of life when you find out that you're expecting a child in which I am in one of those seasons right now. And this is not to take anything away from Fitzgerald or from Langston, but when we found out about our first child... Asher, my world was rocked. I was so excited. I really had no idea how much our lives were about to change. I honestly cannot even remember what, what, what life was like before that day, except for I have these vague recollections of getting together with friends many nights a week, and we would just go and have, uh, just have a good time, uh, that it's just different. We still get together with friends, but it's different now. Uh, but then all of this expectation hit and and you know we uh, it 's like when that child came, everything went in slow motion, and or as we 're waiting for that child, really everything came in slow motion, but then all of a sudden everything just hit, and it 's here, and now we 're in a different place in life we 're just there now it, it was nine months of waiting, nine months' time where we are Processing that fact that we are going to be responsible for another human being. And that puts quite a lot of expectation within you. At at least it does for me. There is so much joy. There's so much delight in the fact that coming down the road, I'm going to be able to hold a baby in my arms. But there's a lot of expectation that's involved in that that is going to be placed upon me. And in the anticipation of that moment, I realized that, that this is going to be something that will forever change me. Just in the natural, when we are anticipating the manifestation of something that is promised, that baby that is promised is coming down the road. That's just a Christmas day, getting ready to open up those Christmas presents. So that wedding day, the promise, the bride. Getting ready to walk down the aisle. You have that anticipation that's within you. But I would hope that today we could get something within our spirit. The anticipation of a promise. The anticipation of something that God has conceived within us. A desire. And I would hope that somebody today would get something conceived within them. That God says, I have something for you. I have a purpose and a plan. I have a desire to do something in you and through you. You're pregnant with possibility today. I would hope that God could conceive in you a gift. A gift that you could use to reach the lost. A gift that you could use to encourage somebody else. A gift that you could use to serve somebody else. There are so many giftings that are present even within this place that we are not just, uh, just allowed to sit and collect dust on the shelf. But God has a calling upon you. I know I'm not just talking to a handful of people here today. I know that God is is trying to reach everybody. I'm convinced that everyone under the sound of my voice, whether you believe it or not, you have been called by God to do a great work. If He has placed His Spirit inside of you, or if you have that promise that that you are seeking His Spirit, then He has placed something special inside of you, and it is only a matter of time until He fulfills His plan for you. I just wonder how many of us are like that mother who's expecting. And you know that God has begun a good work in you. You have a desire to do a work for God. It's a feeling that you just can't shake. And you know that you've been called for something bigger than yourself. I just want to remind the church that the kingdom of God is much, much bigger than just you or me. It's much bigger than, than any one of us today. That the kingdom of God, it is so much more vast than New Life Apostolic Church or Kindleville or Noble County or the state of Indiana or, or even the United States of America. I'm here to tell you that the plans that God has are so much bigger than you could ever imagine. Perhaps, perhaps we must be honest with ourselves today, this feeling that I'm describing, maybe it's a distant memory for some of us, where you used to expect God to do something in you, the way it used to be. Now you feel like your time of effectiveness or your time of influence is over. You're expired. God has moved past you and onto somebody else. Someone else has more potential. Someone else has more talent. Someone else is more gifted. Someone else is more polished. Someone else has a better pedigree or someone else has a cleaner past. That, that for whatever reasons you're disqualified for the promises of God. But I'm here to remind you today that the call of God on your life is without repentance. And when He calls you for a purpose or for a reason, there is no way that He is going to recall that from your life. That God, He is not worried about your past. He's not worried about your pedigree. He's not worried about where, where you're at right now. God, He says, I have a word for you and I have a purpose and a plan for your life. And it is not time to just sit back and to just say that the days of past are gone, and now i'm just here to take up space no god has an expected end for you he has an expectation to do something great in you amen you got to keep his word in your heart you got to keep his word in your mind because it reminds us that he has not forgotten about us and that you can expect him to keep his word so whoever you are, wherever you came from today, where whatever your past may look like, I just want to encourage you today. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're four years old or it doesn't or if you're one hundred and four years old. It doesn't matter. God, He wants to come. And I, and I believe the words of the Apostle Paul, where he says that I am certain that the God who began a good work in you, He will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. That if he said it, then you can take it to the bank. If he said it, if he promised it, put a stamp on it, it's approved, it's going to happen. If he said it, walk in it, keep the promise. If he said it, keep the expectation. If he said it, believe it. It's done. It's settled. So it's not so much a matter of whether or not God will come through on his word. Because rest assured, God will come through on his words. If you placed a call in your life, you've got to trust him. It's in his timing. He will perform that which he promised. I do want to look at some things, though, that we ought to expect when we have this expectation. Now, I'm talking expect what to expect when you're expecting. And, and I know this is kind of humorous because moms, you know, and dads, you even know, that when you are pregnant, there are just some things... Uh, there, there's just some funny things that even happen during that time. There's just you know, some things, very unplanned things that occur that, n- that nobody trained you for, nobody prepped you for it. And then there's things that are even unexpected in us that when you do get an expectation in your heart, when you do get, when, when you are expecting that there are some things that you ought to expect to happen. Number one, you can expect to become more sensitive to your surroundings, Maybe all the husbands can say, yep, that was my wife. Or I should say all the fathers, that was my wife. She's a little extra sensitive. And I say that with all love and appreciation and gratitude because she's the one that's doing all of the work. And it's, it's not just emotions I'm talking about, but but the, but the uh, environments, the things, the smells, all of the uh, touches, anything. more There's more sensitivity when you are expecting. Their senses are heightened, when, when they're pregnant, you, you know they just can't do certain smells. Bad breath, it's just that much stinkier. Body odor, you know, it can be smelled from across the room. Certain foods you just can't cook them without getting nauseated. As she gets a little closer to the end, that, that sense of touch is certainly heightened, and you know the little bumps here, and you know, they, they hurt in a way that it didn't hurt before. Accidental little nudge, you know, from my elbow at night. Wake, wake them up right, right in their sleep. This, their sensory receptors are on edge. See, the point is that by virtue of what God is trying to do inside of you, your spiritual sensory receptors become sharpened. That you become more in tune with the spirit world. You begin to sense what God is for and what He is against you begin to sense some things in a way that you didn't sense them before. That when you have an expectation of God birthing something in you or doing something through you, using you for his kingdom, then your sense, your spiritual sensory receptors, they are heightened. If you've been baptized in the spirit and it's working inside of you, if it's alive inside of you, then you shouldn't walk through this world and just, you know, have everything just bounce off of you. You've got to be aware of the enemy's devices. You've got to be aware of what the enemy is trying to say, what he's trying to do. You've got to be aware of the word of God and how he's trying to speak to you. Walk in the spirit. Don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Don't walk according to the ways of this world. Hebrews 5.14 says it this way. that says, but strong meat belongeth to them that are full of, that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, To discern both good and evil. Church, we've got to let the Spirit help us navigate our way through life. We can't let our emotions merely guide us. We don't want to let our sensitive feelings and our quirky ways get the best of us. But if we've been filled with the Spirit, the Bible says that our senses ought to be exercised to discern between good and evil. My question is: Can he trust you? Can he trust me? Can he trust me with my emotions, or, or is that my Achilles' heel? Is that the one that's going to—that's one that's going to get a lot of us? Is our emotions? Sometimes we let our emotions get ahead of the Holy Ghost. But we've got to stay prayed up every day because I've got to keep my spiritual senses exercised. I've got to be finely tuned to the spiritual sensitivity of others around me. I've got to be in tune with the, the spirit and where he says to go and who he says to speak to. Yesterday, we had some men that gathered here at the church so that we could go out into some neighborhood, a particular neighborhood here in Kinderville, just passing out groceries and, and just giving them and just asking any prayer needs. And in and, and, and doing so, before we went out, We we said, let's gather together. We just want to pray because we don't want to just go to anybody. We want to pray that the Lord would lead us, that we would be sensitive to the Spirit in conversations that we would be sensitive. We had people that were crying as we began to pray for them. We had people that were opening up about the the things that they're dealing with, and we had opportunities to link together with them and to pray for them right there where they are at. Be spiritually sensitive, walking according to the spirit. I have a friend who pastors up in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And, uh, in fact, he was, he was here with us the last, um, last, last year with our leadership training. And, uh, he was over these last uh, two weeks, he had gone, he and his family had gone to Hawaii and I wish I would have given the pictures, uh, for this, but he, he went to, uh, to Hawaii for vacation. And, uh, as he was on vacation, he and his family, uh, they, they were just at dinner one, uh, one night and there's this, uh, server that they had that came to them and um they began just having a spiritual conversation with this uh this server and uh in the midst of conversation they uh they ended up inviting him the next night to just sit down for dinner a night that he wasn't working and so that next night uh this this uh couple and his family they they got together with the server who they had met the night before and they began to just talk about jesus and and that night or yeah, that uh, following that dinner, uh, they went to the ocean there in Hawaii, and they baptized him. Before bat- uh, all right, we ought to clap there, we ought to clap there. They, they they baptized this man who they had met the night before. Now before they baptized him he called up a local pastor that was there in Hawaii because he said, I don't want to just leave him. I, I've got to head out. I, I wish I could stay in Hawaii, but i got to get back to Kalamazoo. So he called a local pastor, and the, that pastor came, and he was present at the baptism so that, so that he could follow up and have discipleship that would take place. He then, he was telling me this, and then uh, the next day, he said, hey, guys, i got I got to just brag on God here for a minute. That pastor called me, and he said that uh, that this young man who we had baptized, that he immediately went back to his workplace and began sharing with a friend of his, a co-worker, about what God was doing in him. And so that co-worker said, well, what's stopping me from being baptized? And so he got in contact with that pastor, and they went back down to the water, and his friend was then baptized. And when he came up out of the water, he was speaking in other tongues. I'm telling you, what God is doing, it's not... we. We, we gotta be spiritually sensitive. We gotta be spiritually sensitive to, where, to, to what God is doing. When you have an expectation on you, on your life, that God is using me right now, there's extra, uh, there, there's a spiritual sensitivity that you have in your surroundings. It doesn't matter if you're on vacation in Hawaii. God can use you to disciple somebody. So your spiritual sensitivities are heightened when you realize that God has something that he's wanting to birth in you. But also, number two, you can expect to be inconvenienced. Now when you are expecting, inconvenience is certainly down the road. Maybe all the moms could say amen. Because you can expect... That inconvenience is going to happen. You understand that an authentic relationship with God will not ever feel convenient to your flesh. That getting up early for prayer before you go to work, before you come to church, or you know, just just going out about your daily responsibilities, that, that's never going to feel good when that 5, five a.m. or 6 a.m. alarm clock goes off. Or maybe even earlier for some telling you you're going to want to hit that snooze button 42 times because your flesh just doesn't understand the spirits. And even though your spirit is saying, Hey, I, I want to start my day on the right foot. Your flesh says, I want to start my day without my feet being on the ground. The Bible says that our flesh is in enmity between us and God. Romans 7, 18 says, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Our flesh drives us away from that which is good and that which is godly. But thank God, thank God that we do have a will that is present in us, that is contrary to the flesh, and it is able to overcome the flesh. We do it in the minds. We must make up in our mind that we are either going to serve God or we're going to serve the flesh. You decide for yourself who you will serve. You decide for yourself. Are you going to serve the flesh or are you going to serve the spirit? See, that chapter in Romans, it ends with this verse, verse 25. It says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. You make up in your mind who you will serve, the law of God or the law of sin. It's not going to be convenient. But you can make up your mind to serve God rather than to be a slave to sin. See, I I can't live the life that I wanted to. It it might just, you know, maybe for you, it, it might just disrupt your career path, it might disrupt your hobbies. It might disrupt, the call of God in your life might disrupt your extracurricular activities. I'm telling you that there are some people in here who you're afraid of the calling of God because it's going to make some changes in you. It's going to make some demands of you that's saying, I know you had this dream. I know you had these things that you wanted to do, but you're going to have to give that up because I because the call of God is not convenient, but it's inconvenient. And when you answer the call of God, you realize that things like a prayer life, fasting, reading your Bible, they just don't happen by accident. You have to carve out your relationship with God. And that might require you listening to different music, tuning into different broadcasts, it might require you to put some things on hold or even to cut some things out of your life altogether because you're creating room for the miraculous. You're creating room for, you're making preparations for the miraculous. You're, you're making preparations for that promise that God has birthed in you. And I would dare say that there are people here today who you came in with a promise from the Lord and you're on the brink of your breakthrough. You're on the brink of your breakthrough. And I want to encourage you just to take one more step in faith take one more step in faith it might be inconvenient but it may throw off your schedule from time to time but just take one more step in faith because the will of god is is often inconvenient but it's always the best choice you no know, it's a little bit of teaching that's uh, that's going on here but number 3 is that you can expect to undergo some noticeable changes when you're expecting things that you used to wear just don't fit the same anymore the appetites that you used to have just are not the same the activities that you used to enjoy just don't have the same appeal as they once did why? because you are expecting you're expecting something from god that god is doing something inside of you in those old habits that that old way of living it doesn't it just doesn't have the same effect like it once did. These changes on the inside are soon going to manifest themselves on the outside. You're going to look a little different. You're going to act a little different. You're going to sound a little different when you're expecting. You, you don't want to go to the same places. You don't want to hang out with the same crowds that you used to. But people are going to start noticing that there's been a change in your life. And perhaps you're going to start, they're, they're going to start asking some questions because there's been an obvious change in your life. I'm here to tell you that if you're pregnant with purpose, if you're expecting something from God, then it's going to cause somebody to ask some questions. It's not just about that initial change or that initial commitment that you had to following Christ, but when you begin to truly live on mission. When you go from being a member of a church or the member of the body of Christ to living on mission. And there's, there's something about a missional people that people begin to notice that there's a change. There's a difference between the two. There's a difference between, between just being a, being a Christian and somebody who is living on mission and just and living with purpose and living with a passion, living and saying, God, I know that you are, you, you want to use me today. I know, come on, there's, there's something that you are have birthed in me, God, to do something great for your kingdom. God, there's something in me. Maybe it's not great. Maybe it's just something little, but God, you have called me to make a difference. People begin to notice. Questions begin to be asked because you're, and your sensitivities are heightened. You, you, you begin to respond to those people who are questioning that. People they start notice that there's these changes in your life. It's because you're expecting. I'm here today because I had some great grandparents who were willing to be inconvenienced. I'm thankful that for myself, actually I should say, I should have said that I had some great, great grandparents. I believe that I I stand here today, fifth generation apostolic Pentecostal and Holy Ghost filled, baptized in Jesus' name. I'm thankful for the heritage that I have. I'm very thankful for the heritage that I have. And now, now I just want you to know that that doesn't get me any further along than somebody who is first generation into this. That doesn't mean anything to God. It doesn't mean anything. But I am thankful that some time ago my great-great-grandparents were willing to be inconvenienced for this truth. And I owe an immense gratitude for those who went before me and blazed the trail before me. And I, I, I can think of my grandparents, my parents, who they were willing to walk in faith even when others walked away. Others may have scoffed and ridiculed them. I'm the beneficiary today of the fact that they were willing to be inconvenienced, that they were willing to stand for truth, that they were willing to say, no, this is this is something that I'm not willing to budge on. Somebody was willing to accept the changes that it would bring. Yeah, I may not look the same and I may not act the same, but God is doing something special in my life and I'm not any better than somebody else. But I, but I wanted to stand out and say that I thank God that he saved me from the world. I thank God that he called me out of this world. I thank God for that. But in in doing so, you can expect the scoffers. You can expect those who aren't going to celebrate the changes that you're making in your life. You can expect the ones who are going to try to pull you back into your old life. And and, and they're going to try to say, yeah, the the thing that you think that you have that's so special, they're going to try to ridicule you, make you feel like you are, you know, like it doesn't matter or it, it shouldn't be there. But let me tell you, don't let anybody abort what God put into you. Don't let this world abort the thing that God birthed into you. Let it come and let it continue to grow inside of you until God says it's time for this to come to pass. Tell you right now, you can expect it. Expect those things. Expect those people. Expect those inconveniences. But hear me well that God sought you out and he wanted to give you an expected end. That God wanted to put some expectation in your heart. God is calling you today the same way that he called Samuel. The same way that he called David. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, where it says, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I've refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And when man says you're unqualified, that you've messed up too many times, that you've made too many mistakes... Even when you yourself look in the mirror and you say all those things to yourself. God looks on the heart. So where's your heart at today? What condition is your heart in? Are you willing to be used by him? See, there's just some things that your friends and your families, they're not going to understand because you're expecting. They're not going to believe the things that you, that God is saying to you in your prayer, time of prayer, in your time of consecration. When you're expecting, you can expect people to offer up their own personal and sometimes unqualified advice. They may say, well, you know you shouldn't eat this or drink that. You know you you need 22 hours of sleep a day. You know you can't participate in this activity or that activity. All these things they may say to somebody who's pregnant. You give all these things of advice. You know, it seems as if everybody's an expert when they find out that you're expecting it's like everybody, they want to give their two cents. And listen, I, you know, I'm going to hear you out, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to always take your advice. And I don't mean to hurt, hurt anybody's feelings today, but there's a whole lot of advice givers. And while they may be well-intentioned in your life, good intentions don't always constitute wisdom. And it's funny how we let the opinions of others often outweigh the opinion of God. First John 4.1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. James says, If anyone, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Because God, he's given it to all men liberally. He upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. You've got to watch who you listen to, because not everyone has God's intentions at heart. Lastly, there's one more expectation that you can expect when you're expecting, and that is that you can expect to experience some fatigue and some frustration with the process. Fatigue and unbearable frustration will very likely come along at some point during the process. That at some point along the way, you may look at your doctor, your midwife, just some unexpected stranger and tell them, just get this thing out of me right now, because I'm done, and I can't do it anymore. Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. Why? For in due season, when the season is right, when you've waited all that you can wait, we shall reap if we faint not. See, God, the omniscient one who knows the end from the beginning, he knows exactly when the right season is for your promise to come forth. He knows exactly when to birth that very thing that he put into you. See, we may be sitting here and saying, God, get this out of me. I can't bear it anymore. I can't bear the inconvenience anymore. I can't bear the turmoil anymore. But the Bible says, don't get weary in well-doing, for we shall reap if we faint not. I just want to encourage somebody today to just hold on a little bit longer because in the due season it will bring forth the manifestation of the blessing and of the miraculous that God wants to do through you. John 16 says it will be like a woman when she is in travail and she has sorrow because her hour is come but as soon as she is delivered to the child she remembers no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world why? because she's brought a new baby into the world in all of the turmoil all of the pain all the suffering she says look what I'm holding now it's the very thing that was conceived in me and now I'm holding it in all of its reality and I've come to tell you that God God has started in you something many, many moons ago. And you may soon forget about all the naysayers and about all the opposition that you face as you press toward the promise of God. But when you, when you continue on, you will forget all of that pain. You'll forget all of that anguish because God is going to birth something miraculous in your life. Isaiah says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. All this pain, all this opposition, all this turmoil, all the anguish, all the sensitivity, all those smells, that they may get to you. All the bad company that you just can't deal with anymore. All the things that you want to do but you can't do. I'm here to tell you that all of the pain and all of the opposition is only a reminder that God is working inside of you. So how do we respond today? So draw this to a close. How do we respond Let's go back to the Psalms that we read at the very beginning. Wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. See, some of you are waiting on that blessing. And, I, and, and as I said, I bring this to a close. That, that breakthrough, that miracle. God, He's not going to show up if you are ill prepared. If you have not prepared, why would God show up? Why would he perform the miraculous for somebody who has not made some preparations in their life? After all, it is our job to steward the gift, to steward the call, steward the miraculous as wise servants. He could do no mighty works because of their unbelief, it says. Because of their unpreparedness. Because they could not come to grips with the fact that Jesus was the Messiah. The one who grew up, they saw him growing up in their midst. That he was the Messiah. They weren't prepared for that. See, we've got to be prepared. So today, we make pre- preparations for the miraculous. Today, we hold. Or today, we seize hold of the promise that God wants to birth through your prayers. Today, we expect God to do great things. Today, we keep pressing on. Today, we say, "I'm not going to grow weary in well doing." I want to tell you today that it's time to get the nursery ready. Can we stand? It's time to get the nursery ready. I'm telling myself that right now at home. It's time to get the nursery ready. I've got a whole room to build in my house. It's time to get the bottles, the diapers, the wipes, the onesies. Time to get all of them out. It's time to get your house in order because God is about to show up when you least expect it. God's about to give you a breakthrough. So keep your expectation level high. Enter into every service, every day, every hour. Enter into it with high expectations of what God will do through you. Walk in the Spirit this week. Keep your spiritual sensitivity on high alert. God wants to use you to do great things in His kingdom. God wants to engage you in some spiritual conversations that are going to change forever the path of somebody that you run into this week. As I prepare to open this altar here today, I just want to remind you that God has conceived in all of us gifts and callings which are irrevocable, which are irreversible which are unalterable, they're immutable, they're irretrievable. But God, He is not going to pull them back. It says that these gifts and these callings are without repentance. And I know that there are some who are standing here today who you have had some spiritual miscarriages in your past. You've had some spiritual abortions in your past where you terminated the call of God in your life. Mm. You said, God, it's not for me. Yeah, I'm out of here. You cut ties with the body of Christ. You said no to the call of God. You turned your back on Him. You walked away. You left. And you're here today, and perhaps you're thinking, there's no way. There's no way that God could still love me. There's no way that God could still use me. There's no way that God still cares about me. But I'm here to tell you that His callings and His giftings can never be withdrawn. Even after a miscarriage, even after an abortion, you can still be pregnant with that same promise. You can still conceive and you can still watch God do the miraculous in your life. But I tell you what, it's going to take you submitting to his call. It's going to take somebody finding an altar and saying, God, forgive me for for forsaking the call of God. God, I was expecting. God, I was scared. I I ran, God. God, I I got my priorities all mixed up. I I ditched the calling. I ditched the things that I knew that I was supposed to do. God, I ran from you. I treated that miracle like it was trash, like it was disposable. God, I treated these things. I turned my back on them and I ran. God, but right now, God, I I want the call again. God, I want. I want you to know that here I am, God, so use me. And here I am, so use me today. And I'm tired of just sitting in the back row. And as I said, it doesn't matter if you're four years old or if you're 104 years old. God wants to use you. It's not too late for God to do something great. Man, these altars are open right now. I pray that there's a sense of expectation. Oh, Jesus.